Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we're always trying to place the theological cookies on the bottom shelf where we can all reach them. And we make every effort to do this in ways that are very applicable to the lives we live, because the real power of theology is not only in knowing it, but applying it. We've been looking at the doctrine of the person of God, his great attributes. On our last two podcasts, we've learned how God is self-existent, that unique attribute of God by which he has existed eternally and will always exist eternally. Last time, we unpacked his immutability, that he cannot and does not change. And today, we'll jump in and examine the fact that God is infinite. Pastor Jeff, let's dive in, and you help us shed some light on this for our listeners. Hey, Kitchen Table Theologians. Uh, You might not know this about our friend Jen here, unless you follow her on social media, which is a real hoot, but uh, she loves to tackle DIY projects. And I see these things come up in the Instagram story, and you get it. Uh, it evolves, I think. You, it does you, evolve. You, you know, you start at the beginning, and then we sometimes days, weeks later, we get to the end of it. But my take as an outsider looking in on this, like on Instagram story, is man, she sometimes bite, just bites off a lot. And Jen's followers have watched her in-home projects progress from her initial trip to a big box DIY store, and then you get a picture, I'm generalizing, some work has been done in the house, then a trip to a hardware store, (laughs) then some more work being done, then there's usually a post where you vent and there's a frustrated post. Well, when I have to get a poll of, hey, should I stop here? Should I call a professional? Which do you like better, A or B? Those types of things, yes. And then, so work's done, and then there's usually one more trip to another store, and it really is a vicious cycle, it seems like, for you. It is, and my latest project is still ongoing. For those of you, I'm sure, that are just hanging on waiting what is happening with my my grass wall, my grass half-accent wall, the the grass cloth was taken down after I ran out of literally an 18-inch strip. Everything else was done. But then, as I was going to have to redo it anyways, I decided to hang it vertically instead of horizontally. But then so you're making changed. a statement. It did. And then that changed the measurements. And then, so now all that's left is the chair rail. But I need a Billy something nail gunner. A Billy... Uh. I don't know. You need a nail gun. I do. So anybody out there that's listening (laughs) with Kitchen Table Theology today, please let me know if you have a Billy something one and one-fourth inch nail gunner. I need it. I'll borrow it and take good care of it. But it all turns out well in the end. It does. It all comes together in the end. I always say that I'm not handy, but I'm crafty. So sometimes I jump into things and I realize I need more handiness than my craftiness <laughs> will take me. So, But I sometimes do get frustrated, and when I get ready to give up, that's when I realize how much more my, my ideas are. I have aspirational to-dos. There's no, definitely, oh gosh, mm-hmm. there's no infinite money in the project <laughs> when I show my husband Fred yet another... Home Depot receipt. (laughs) Anyways, and I don't have infinite time in my life. There's limitations that seem to crush these seemingly limitless dreams. 
Well, you know, I think we're all like that. We we want to do the projects in our lives and think, hey, I can do that. I mean, in the shows, the TV shows, they they um, they redo an entire house in an hour. Oh, so yeah. why can't we, you know, with stuff they find on the side of the road? I mean, they just, I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, and we, and we think, well, I can do whatever it is in a half an hour, and it's only going to cost me a, you know, it's not going to cost that much. Um, maybe three weekends then, and hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> later. But we quickly learn, as I am often reminded as a busy wife and mother in these days and these efforts, they're all measurable. I cannot do all the things, all the days, all the time. So yeah. at some point, I have to just throw up my hands and say, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it is for all of us. I mean, think about this with me for a, a moment. Everything in life is measurable. Um, think about the stuff we measure. We measure weight and kilos and grams and ounces and pounds, and we measure time, mm -hmm. and we think seconds and years. But, you know, I did a little research. The smallest viable measurement of time is derived from a unit of distance called the Planck length. Have you ever heard of the Planck length? I have not, and I'm seeing it in writing. I have realizing heard of it's it Planck, P-L-A-N-C-K. Yeah, huh. and it's, it's where dimensions become so tiny that the classical laws of physics break down and then quantum effects, they kick in. And that, that's the smallest unit of, of measurement. And then it goes all the way up to the greatest viable measurement of time, what are known as super eons. So kitchen table theologians, go look all that up. <laughs> uh, okay, where were we? Oh, all right, so measurement. So we're measuring. So we measure weight and time. We measure temperature, Celsius, Fahrenheit. We measure length. In meters and miles. Sure. And I think we like that, right? Like as, yep. as humans, I, I have a daughter that's very math-minded, and I said, what is it? Because I don't get it. What is it that you like about math? And she said, because everything comes together and everything makes sense. I mean, your daughter's a math teacher, so yeah. I'm sure that there's part of her that likes that. But, you know, maybe this is why it tends to be hard for us to really understand how the person of God is truly infinite and truly immeasurable. We're so used to and probably have an innate need to want to measure things, mm -hmm. to want to put things in a box where it makes sense. Well, I think if we think about it for a moment, Jim, one of the most common ways we sometimes describe God is by describing him according to what he is not. And mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, that's a good way to understand something. But the fancy word for that is negation. Mm -hmm. For example, when we call God immutable, and we did that in podcast 14, we're saying that he's not changeable. Likewise, in defining our Heavenly Father as infinite, we are saying that He's not finite. He is infinite. And the word infinite means to be without limits or to not be finite. We, we can't measure Him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Psalm 147.5 applies this con concept of infinity to God, infinity to God. And that verse reads, our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. Yeah, his understanding is infinite. It's, that's an incredible statement. And that, that's also, you could also literally translate that part of that verse to read, his understanding has no number. And I think that's really a cool way to look at it, especially when we're talking about measurement. There's there's no number you could attach to it. You can't measure it. And if something is beyond measure, it is necessarily infinite. And this is one of the attributes of God. Mm -hmm. So we speak of infinity 
on a fairly regular basis. I mean, you've got a young guy <laughs> at your house to infinity and beyond, you know, the, quoting the great theologian Buzz Lightyear. I didn't think we'd ever get those Buzz Lightyear pajamas <laughs> off of that kid for years. Sorry, Payman. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about infinity. It's a word that comes up, but, you know, the, the term's almost impossible for us to grasp. As human beings who are subject to a limited lifespan, we're all subject, as you just mentioned, to limited resources. Mm-hmm. How can we really conceive of someone who is so boundless, so unlimited? Hmm. You know, you mentioned a minute ago that things we measure, weight, time, temperature, and length. What if we took all of those, let's say time, and examine how the infinity or of God applies there? So let's just look at at time. I I think we start with the fact God is not limited by time. That verse from 147 you read a moment ago tells us time has no effect on God's understanding or God's knowledge. God never learns new things. He never forgets things. Uh, I mean, that, that encourages me. I you know what I did the other and day? And a little scary. <laughs> Talk about forgetting. I took something out of the freezer to microwave it. I turned around, I put it back in the freezer, and I started to push buttons on the freezer. Yeah. That's Send good, help. Somebody send, send help. help. That's a good admission. <laughs> but right God there. never yep. forgets things. And, you know, if he could, if he was able to forget, if he would, if he was able to learn new stuff, that would mean he would have had to change. In his perfect, infinite knowledge, and we know from the um, our other studies, yeah, yeah, he he doesn't. So the passing of time doesn't add or detract to God's understanding. He knows all things past, present, and future, and he knows all of them equally vividly. Vividly, I like I like the clarity that's there. Mm. You know, there's a couple of other verses we want to pull in here as well. Psalm 90, verse two reads. Before the mountains were born, you gave birth to the earth and to the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And in Job 36, 26, we see, Behold, God is exalted, and we do not know him. The number of his years is unsearchable. Yeah, and there's that limitlessness again, Mm -hmm. everlasting to everlasting, unsearchable. So those verses remind us that in relation to time as we know it, God never began to exist. There was never a time when God started. He always existed before there was any time. That This is where our minds start to get blown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God created time. He's the ruler over time. Uh, you know, he was in existence before time, and all we have to do is go back to the Genesis account. Mm-hmm. You know, he created the, the days, the sun and the moon, the stars, the whole thing, and he, he called, uh, you know, he, he created night, he created day, he put them in the you know, our, our, our time uh, parameters. So he created it. He rules over it. And since God is timeless, therefore, he does not experience a succession of moments like we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So perhaps an illustration might, might help us here. In his ginormous book called Systematic Theology. Quick uh, weekend read. Oh, yeah. it's, it's huge. <laughs> uh, Wayne, Wayne Grudem says this. He says, God somehow stands above time and is able to see it all as present in his consciousness. And although the analogy is not perfect, we might think of the moment we finish reading a long novel. Before putting it back on the shelf, we might flip quickly through the pages once more, calling to mind the many events that occurred in that novel. For a brief moment, 
things that transpired over a long period of time all seem to be present in our minds. And then he says this, perhaps this is fairly analogous to God's experience of seeing all of history as equally present in his consciousness. Pretty deep. Pretty deep. But it does help a little bit. But at the same time, it leads me to this question. So how do you reconcile then the fact that God seems to work within our time, that time as you and I know it? I mean, we exist in time, right? Mm. And we want him to work within our own life and our own lifetime. So does that not then somehow limit God? Where do you, where do you come up with these these questions? I mean, well, well, when you start thinking, and your mind just goes around in circles. This is, I start to no, circle the drain sometimes. <laughs> it's really something we should think about because God, who is not bound by time, who is timeless, uh, He still chooses somehow to work within our time frames, our mm-hmm. time parameters. So, d- does that limit God that He stoops to to work within our in what we know as time? It's a great question. I think it might help us understand it in this way. God works within time as we know it, but he's not limited by time as we know it. Mm. So God works within time as we know it, but he's not limited by time as we know it. You know, one of my favorite Bible verses, and I try to work this in every December around Christmas time, is Galatians 4.4. When the fullness of time had come... God sent his son. So God observed very clearly. He knew exactly what was happening within the events on this planet, his creation, as they occurred over time. So we might say that God watched the progress of time as various events that occurred within his creation unfolded. And then at the right time, how Paul says it, when the time had fully come, Mm -hmm. God sent his son into the world. So it's evident throughout Scripture God acts within our time frames, and he acts differently at different points in time. Uh, we go back to Paul again, Acts 17. I love love that chapter, and it's, it's just cool. Paul's uh, preaching or speaking to the people of Athens, the Athenians, and he says this, The times of ignorance God overlooked, there's the past, but now, present, He commands all men everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man who he has appointed. That's the future. So times of ignorance passed, but now that's present. He's fixed a day, which is in the future. So this statement of Paul's includes a description of a previous way in which God acted. Um, He ignored your ignorance. That was the previous way he acted his present way of acting, and then Paul talks about a future activity that God will carry out, and all that happens in time as we know it, past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. Something we remind ourselves often around here at Low Country Community Church when we take communion, for as long as you eat this bread and drink this cup, present, Mm -hmm. you proclaim the Lord's death, past, until he comes, Mm -hmm. future. So God works within time as we know it, but he's not limited by time as we know it. And I love what you said at the beginning of of that statement that he chooses to intercede with us in this time, mm-hmm. that it, it's his humility and just another extension of his grace. So as we bring this a close today, because all good things must come to an end. Oh, my word. ching yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's focus on how the infinite 
infiniteness. Infiniteness. I knew it was going to happen. The it's an actual word. It is. Yeah. It's a tongue twister of a word, but it is. How the infiniteness of God makes a difference in our everyday lives. Always bringing it back to that. Because as I'm thinking this through, I look at my life, and it's true for all of us, really. As we look at life, it seems to be filled with these limitations, like speed limits, which I have sometimes... I probably, you probably did that today getting here. Oh gosh, just (laughs) running around yelling, I am running out of time. I'm running out of patience is really what I'm running out of. But the times we all wish we had, oh gosh, how many times have we said this? One more day of vacation. Mm -hmm. I just wish I had one more hour in the day or one more day in this week. So for me, living with so many limitations, it becomes incredibly comforting to know that I serve this big, infinite, limitless God who is the same yesterday today and tomorrow, really forever, because in our flawed humanness, we toss around this word forever. You know, we think that we understand the full fulfillment Mm -hmm. of this word, but we could never imagine the fullness of the word forever. Most of us will spend a lifetime filling our lives with things that they appear lasting, but are really only temporary. Mm -hmm. You know, people get so jazzed up, they buy a new car, and it's the latest and greatest thing. And you know, and then a few years later, it's it's lost. It. But boy, we thought this was going to be the thing. It's yeah, <laughs> but then we get tired of it. So let's ask ourselves. I like this question: What would my limitations look like if I spent more time, more energy, more effort on the one thing that is really mm-hmm. the only lasting thing? What if you know within my time limitations? What if I spent and and this is where. Hopefully the rubber can meet the road for us. What if I spent more time understanding God's character so that my character begins to look like his? What if I spent more time reading his word so I know him better? What if uh, I spent more time in his presence so I could hear him clearer? What if I spent more time just being in awe of him so I can remember how limited I am? Mm-hmm. So taking the time... You know, within our time, we are limited. He is limitless. But let's take the time we have to lean into his presence each day. And that reminds us that things are passing, but there are also things still to come. And and God's got it all in control. And, you know, and that helps prepare us for the future. Jesus said, this is why uh, you also have to be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. So there he mm-hmm. does even that in the context of time. So mm-hmm. things in our lives come and go, but the infinite knowledge, understanding, power, grace, the love of God will remain the same and go on forever. And go on forever. Again, lots of information yeah. to unpack here today. So thank you so much for gaining and shining some light on that. For those of you that have joined us today, if you haven't subscribed yet, go on over because there's all of this and more. Head on over to YouTube or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening from and hit subscribe. We're putting more and more resources up for you, your study, and your personal growth in God's Word. Subscribing makes sure that you don't miss a thing. And if today's podcast brought up a question or two, it sure did for me. <laughs> Just shoot us an email at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org or watch Pastor Jeff's Instagram story. You got an IG name, don't you? Pastor Jeff Cranston. There you go. You'll find me right there. There we go. Because you will give opportunities to ask questions there as well. And we love seeing and hearing from you in that medium too. As we wrap up today's podcast, let's remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. 
Thanks so much for listening. We hope that our time together today has helped you become a better kitchen table theologian. Our next podcast will unpack the fact that God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. You won't want to miss it. See you then. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.